you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, March 27th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, and thanks to that voice, this is no longer a podcast. It's a podcat, because he is the pride of the Black Cats, the Carolina Panthers. What would he do? With that number one overall pick, we should probably ask him. He is the former Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's the All-Pro, Pro Bowl captain of the defense, number 58, the enforcer, a wrecking ball on the field, and yet he's surprisingly soft-spoken and kind off of it. He's Thomas Davis Sr. Welcome back to the Pod TD. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate it. With the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select... Listen, I think that there are two guys that are very... You'll notice, listener, I'm going to interrupt right back. You'll notice that he did not come with a name. He paused, he exhaled, and now he's equivocating. Go ahead, kid, do your I dance. I think there are two guys that are definitely worthy yes. of that. Yes, which one do you pick. want? And for me, personally, I'm sitting in this number one spot. I got to go with Bryce Young. You do. I just think Bryce Young is the more polished, NFL-ready quarterback, yeah. you know, playing at Alabama, playing against... NFL caliber talent week in to week out. I think that he is the guy that's better suited to come in and lead right away. I just feel like Bryce Young is that guy that the Carolina Panthers need to get the job done. So the follow-up, and thank you for committing to your pick, but the follow-up is if the answer is C.J. Stroud, you're still happy. If the answer is C.J. Stroud, I'm unbelievably happy. When you look at C.J. Stroud and what he brings to the table, I think he has incredible accuracy. He's a guy that at Ohio State, he's proven that he's a winner. One of the things that you cannot ever take for granted in a quarterback's play, you can have guys that can go out and put up big numbers. If they can't win football games, if they can't close out games, then what do you need? What do you need them for? Like, what are they good for if they can't finish games? And I think with those two players, you get exactly that. You get guys that can not only put up big numbers, but they can also finish close games. You know, I think you probably watch the game I'm about to reference closer than most uh, in the world. That Ohio State-Georgia game where we all saw a version of C.J. Stroud that for all of our assumptions about him and our faith in him, we really hadn't seen before. He must have scared you a little bit on that day against your Bulldogs. He had me nervous. I will tell you that without a doubt that I was nervous watching C.J. Stroud go out and efficiently run that offense against the top-ranked Georgia defense. But one of the things that I learned about C.J. Stroud in this game in particular was his ability to pull the ball down and run because nobody ever looked at C.J. Stroud, in particular myself. I never looked at C.J. Stroud as being an athletic, mobile quarterback, but when they needed it the most, he pulled the football down and he gained about 25 critical yards in that game that ultimately got them in position to, to have a chance to kick that field goal. Not just pick up yards with the ball in his hands, but avoid relentless pressure from the very best in collegiate football, your Bulldogs D-line. 
he was able, he was a strong enough, wasn't he, in the pocket to shrug off the attentions of those marauders and then pick up yards. A very impressive performance. But Thomas Davis Sr. is on record, on the clock. If he is sliding the card forward, the name on the card is Bryce Young. Translation, Carolina, don't overthink it. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, TikTok, we are on the clock in our countdown to the draft. It's our examination and celebration of every single NFL team in reverse order of how they finished in 2022. And today, we pay a visit, ironically, perfectly, shockingly, to the Baltimore Ravens. And we will hear from Ravens fans when we throw open the doors to the NFL Hall of Fans. Cue the music. Ah, yes, with music like that, it really should be a red carpet event. But, of course, today the carpet is black and purple. What were the Ravens in 2022? What will they be in 2023? What constitutes the perfect draft for the Ravens? And how much does that last answer change with the ever-evolving Lamar Jackson drama? That's coming up. But first, this. Jackson lobs for the end zone. He's looking for Andrews. Reaches up. He makes the catch. Touchdown. He's got room. He's to the five. He walks in. Touchdown. Lamar Jackson with a knockout shot. I think it's perfectly clear that Lamar Jackson knew that today was Ravens Day because he dropped a tweet, Thomas, that landed like a bombshell in Baltimore, a letter to his fans. And here is what it said. Quote, a letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for all of the love and support you consistently show towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that has met me or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to the fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. Okay, Thomas Davis, let's let that sink in for ourselves and for everyone out there. That's what you read this morning in Twitterverse TD. What was your first response when you did? It was very strategic and very intentional is the thoughts that I had that came to mind when I saw Lamar do that because of the time and when he understood and knew that his coach was getting ready to take the podium to talk about the state of the franchise. I don't think there's a guy that more strategically planned on releasing a statement than Lamar Jackson in this moment because he knew that that would leave his coach in a tough position to have to answer questions on what's next with Lamar Jackson as if he wasn't going to already get asked that question a hundred times from people interviewing him. That kind of savvy, TD, strikes me as the kind of savvy you would expect from an NFL agent. Maybe Lamar should represent himself. Yes, there's a grin there. Look, Lamar's timing, to TD's point, like a touch pass into a small window, it was perfect. Because the tweet landed, as TD said, exactly as head coach John Harbaugh was sitting down to meet with reporters at the NFL annual league meeting in Phoenix. And as you can imagine, the questions were single-focused. Harbaugh's response was this. We made a decision to go with Lamar Jackson five years ago, right? Why? Because we love him. 
We love him. We love the way he plays. We love his mindset, his charisma, his style, uh, the way he is in the locker room. Everything about him, we love him. I love him personally. I love being the coach of the team that he's playing quarterback for. So that's what you do. You know, you build the team around your players, and, and that's what I'm excited to do. It's a monetary thing. That can be figured out. That can be worked out. That's just a matter of negotiating and I think we just continue down that road and eventually it'll get it'll it'll, it'll work out there's always going to be creative ways to figure that stuff out okay td you heard what coach john harbaugh had to say he was hopeful he was positive but was he naive jackson sounds like a man who's made up his mind to pull a page from bob ursay's 1984 playbook and exit stage baltimore is there hope for a resolution what do you think it would take there's definitely hope for a resolution but it all revolves around giving lamar what he's asking for I think that's the only thing that's going to resolve this situation right now because Lamar Jackson is a guy that, in representing himself, he understands and knows what he wants, and he's not going to settle for anything less. Lamar Jackson has absolutely earned the right to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in all of NFL because guys that haven't garnered the MVP have gotten paid more money than Lamar Jackson is being offered right now. So he has a case in point. He has an argument. But my personal stance on this situation is we have a quarterback that has literally laid the foundation of what it takes to win multiple Super Bowls in this league. And it does not look like being the highest paid quarterback in the league. It looks like taking a deal that is Friendly to you as a player, but also friendly to the team when it comes to cap so that you can put more players around you to have sustained success. I know Lamar Jackson is taking a stance that, hey, I am a guy that runs the ball and I also throw the football, so my value should be higher. But what that does, it puts more wear and tear on your body when you have to do everything and it lowers the chances of you being able to sustain for a very long time. And Lamar needs to take that into consideration. Well, you know that in a typical negotiation situation, that is precisely what the front office, the brass of the Ravens would be telling an agent and, of course, have been telling Lamar. Lamar Jackson has missed five games in each of the last two seasons due to injury. In 2021, he missed the final four games with an ankle injury. The Ravens went 0-4 over those games and went from first in the AFC North to last and missed the playoffs. Last year, he missed the final five regular season games and the wild card round at Cincy with a knee injury. The Ravens went two and three and, of course, lost that wild card game at Cincinnati 24 to 17. So you could argue both sides of this. You look at those numbers and it seems that he has the leverage. But if you're sitting there and you're Eric DaCosta or you're Steve Bashotti, you're saying, we can't make that big an investment in somebody who is not available as often as we need him to be available. And I think to your first point, it is impossible. The history of the league shows that it is, in fact, to this point, impossible, has never happened to have the highest paid or one of the highest paid quarterbacks win the Super Bowl. It's impossible to build around that. Where do you go from here? Let me give you a couple more numbers, more for the listener than for you, because I know you know this. But I think this is important to hear. In 2019, Jackson was unanimously voted the AP NFL MVP and became the first player to reach a few thresholds in a single season. 
thresholds like this. 3,000 plus pass yards and 1,000 plus rushing yards in a single season. He paired that with a passer rating of over 100, which has never been done by a passer who also rushed for 1,000 plus yards in a single season. He had five games with 100 or more rushing yards most by a quarterback in a single season. Since 1994, there has never been a player to have already won an MVP award and then be traded at the age of 26 or younger. That's exactly how old Lamar Jackson is. The youngest player to have won an MVP award and then be traded in that span. Adrian Peterson, he was 32, nearly 33 when he was traded from the Saints to the Cardinals in 2017. Jackson has a winning percentage as a quarterback, the number that we always go to, of 738. Since the NFL merger with a minimum of 25 career starts, that places him fourth on a list of six that include Patrick Mahomes, number one, Tom Brady, number two, both future Hall of Famers, Roger Staubach, number three, Currently a Hall of Famer. Lamar Jackson is fourth ahead of who? Hall of Famers Joe Montana and Peyton Manning. If you are Lamar and Lamar's mom, and yes, the world can turn against you and say a lot of things. We hear you're being a brat. You're being unreasonable. You're asking for too much. And a lot of it sometimes to me, TD, starting to sound a little bit like shut up and dribble. And I don't like the sound of the subtext behind a lot of the comments I hear directed the way of Lamar Jackson. I will finally at long last shut up based on all the numbers you're hearing. Do you understand why Lamar is asking for what Lamar is asking for? I absolutely, without a doubt, understand why Lamar Jackson is asking what he's asking for. He absolutely not only deserves it, but he has earned the right to be in the same pay range as the top paid quarterbacks in this league. Flat out, he has absolutely earned that right. Does it make sense for the Ravens to do that based on the likelihood of injury for Lamar Jackson based on what has happened or transpired over the last two years? It does not because it puts them in a situation where Say, for instance, instead of going down the last four or five games of the season, Lamar goes down in the fifth game of the season. And now you have to play the entire season without Lamar Jackson. That puts the Baltimore Ravens in a really, really tough spot. They won't have the amount of talent that they need around them to win games because they invested so much stock of their salary cap into one player and now you just can you can throw the whole season away because you put so much stock in one player and now he's gone for the entire season. Have they given him enough to work with over the years? If I, you look at the depth chart of the Baltimore Ravens right now, wide receivers, Rashad Bateman, DuVernay, Nelson Aguilar. O-line is good. It's a top half O-line. Running back J.K. Dobbins, Patrick Ricard, Gus Boo Boo Edwards, we're not talking about Pro Bowl players. We're not talking about guys who have distinguished themselves as the best at their position or among the best at their position, with the exception of Mark Andrews at tight end, his security blanket. And it's no disrespect. Dobbins is a good running back. Uh, you know, Aguilar, he's hard to predict, and obviously he's a recent addition. Uh, DuVernay is a better punt returner than he is a wide receiver. Rashad Bateman has a ton of upside, but we haven't really seen it on the field. Obviously he had Hollywood there for a while, but now he is gone. 
this does not seem like a team who has invested in him. Let's take away the contract negotiation and let's just talk personnel. They haven't really given Lamar Jackson proof that we're willing to build around you at the number he's making now. So why would Lamar Jackson ask for any less than what he believes he is owed? Because they haven't proved to him that they're willing to build around him the way that maybe they need to to compete for a Super Bowl championship before this moment. This is true, but when you look at the names that you just called, they invested some high draft capital in, in those guys. Bateman was a first-round pick. Yes, it was. And you, you brought some other guys in. You, you think that, hey... These guys were all high picks that we brought in. We had Bateman come in. Now we're going out. We're getting Nelson Aguilar, thinking that you know he's going to come in. He's Ronnie Stanley, of course, that left tackle. He was a high exactly. pick. Exactly. Well. All of these guys were high picks. So they're trying to use the draft capital to build their franchise back up. But at the same time, you have to go out and invest money in free agents that are proven players that you know for a fact that as soon as they walk through the door, they instantly make our roster better. You can't just sit and, and, and think that, hey, I'm drafting these guys in order for them to be able to come in and eventually help us get better. You need guys that you know that are proven in this league. So I think they need to make a splash, like go out and trade for a DeAndre Hopkins, add him to that roster. But the only way that they're going to be able to make a move like that if Lamar is willing to take a more team-friendly deal. You can't build that roster up if you're going to invest 40% of your salary cap into one player. Like, it doesn't work that way because you got to build the whole defense up. And you just gave Roquan Smith $100 million. Yes. So those are things Lamar has to really take into consideration. If I'm going to be the highest paid player, then I'm going to lose somewhere. If you are his agent, again, said with a grin, what is your advice to him? Stay with the Ravens or jet, maybe I'm using that intentionally, to another team? I think... Honestly, that it's best for Lamar Jackson in this moment right now for him to stay with the team that drafted him, the team that believed in him when nobody else did. People on the outside were calling him a running back, thinking that he didn't belong in the first round. The Ravens believed in him. Yes, they, they believed did. that he belonged in the first round. They traded up to get him. And they landed him, and in return, he showed them that he could be the most valuable player in this league from the quarterback spot. Now it's time for him to realize, hey, I have a deal on the table right now that allows me to play three years. And in three years, Lamar Jackson will be 27 years old. And that's when a lot of quarterbacks are finishing up their first contract and getting to their second contract. Lamar will be on his third deal when he turns 27. If he's able to negotiate just a little bit more money, get it to $45 million a year and allow himself to get back to the table at 27, it makes all the sense in the world to me. So when we look back on this story years from now, in your estimation, it will not be a flip he will not change uniforms. It will be a blip, a blip on the radar, a season or two of discomfort. This has been a protracted contract negotiation. If we believe what we hear and read, this has been going on for two years. So certainly there's a degree of fatigue that the Ravens front office is feeling. And obviously there's a certain degree of fatigue that Lamar Jackson is showing as well. They're probably sick and tired of each other. But in Thomas Davis Sr.'s perfect vision of the future, they may be sick of each other now, but they're perfect for each other going forward. Translation, make it work. 
We interrupt this podcast to bring you sound from the NFL annual league meeting from Jets head coach Robert Sala, who, when asked the inevitable question about Aaron Rodgers, said this. Two years ago when we first got there, just thinking about where we were and how far we've come, to have a guy like him want to play for us, for us I think is pretty cool and uh, shows how far we've come. But uh, we still have a long way to go. and. Uh, a lot of work to do. Thomas Davis Sr., we don't have a lot of time on this one. Rodgers from green and gold to green and white, assuming this does happen, will the Jets be a force to be reckoned with, or could this be a day of reckoning for Aaron Rodgers? They're going to be Super Bowl contenders the, the moment that Aaron Rodgers steps into that building because the Jets have done a great job of building their roster up through the draft. They brought in guys on the defensive side that has solidified their defense and made their defense one of the top defenses in all of the NFL. You brought in Robert Sala to lead that defense. And then on the offensive side, you get some great draft capital in bringing in guys like Garrett Wilson, bringing in Brees Hall and solidifying the offensive line. Man, this Jets team has the ability to be dangerous if they can get Aaron Rodgers in that building and, and onto that football field because Brees Hall, I think, is the X factor. He's a guy that came in last year and, and took the league by storm before going down with injury. He showed everybody why he was the top running back in the draft last year. I hope you were listening, listener, because Thomas Davis Sr. just skipped right past AFC East contender and went straight past go Collected his $200. Is that a Monopoly reference? That is. Let's, uh, let's move on. I mean, I'm showing my age here. And he <laughs> went straight to Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers on that team, assuming the health of Brees Hall, the reigning defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner, the reigning offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. Just think about that. You've, right, and you've added uh, a familiar piece uh, for Rodgers in that wide receiver room. Very interesting. Super Bowl contender says TD. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with the 16-year NFL vet, Thomas Davis Sr. And it's time we put ourselves back on the clock. Thomas, can you start that clock, please? Yeah, start it. Thank you, sir. Today, we turn our attentions to the 410, the birthplace of the star-spangled banner, Charm City, Be More, Mob Town, the self-proclaimed greatest city in America. Maybe overstating it there. Baltimore, Maryland, home of the flock, the black and purple, the Ravens. How would we describe Ravens' history? Well, competitive, consistent, and on their day, inconquerable. This is a winning and enviable franchise with an origin story that dates to 1996, 28 seasons in all for the Baltimore Ravens. Winning his coach, John Harbaugh, 147 wins against 95 losses. As for Super Bowls, well, when they get there, they win two Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins Super Bowls 35 
147. Their overall record, 243 wins, 190 losses, only one tie for a 561 win percentage, which is tied for third best in NFL history. Playoff record, 16 and 12. They have six AFC North division titles and zero retired jersey numbers. Another one of those franchises that values team over individual which I really appreciate. There are six Ravens alums in the Hall of Fame, including Ray Lewis, Jonathan Ogden, and Ed Reed. So that's what they've been since 1996. But what were they in 2022? Would it surprise you to be reminded that this was a playoff team? For some of you, the answer is yes, because it doesn't really add up, right? But that's the point. Dramatic off-season narratives have no right to rewrite the on-field story, because even when this Ravens team struggles, they compete. In 2022, they earned a 10-7 and record. They were second place in the AFC North. And yes, they lost to the Bengals in the wild card round. But even without Lamar Jackson in that game, they stayed within a touchdown of the Bengals. And let's not forget how close they came to turning that loss into a win. He goes over top, ball comes loose. It's recovered on a fumble. Sam Hubbard has it. He's sprinting in the other direction. And he's in for the touchdown for Cincinnati. An unbelievable reversal. The Ravens were in 2022, as they so often have been, defined by two things, defense and their running game. Total defense ranked tied for ninth in the NFL. Scoring defense, third. Rushing defense, third. They were third in the red zone and against the big play. They were fourth on third downs. Those are extraordinary numbers. Passing defense, clearly their most glaring weakness. Somewhat out of character, they ranked 26th in the league against the pass. Will that be a focus in the draft? Well, it better be. On offense, the Ravens did what the Ravens do. They ran it often and they ran it well. Second in the NFL on the ground, also second in big plays. This team can hurt you in a hurry. Jackson will keep it. He's got room. He's at the 30. It's a leg race. 40. Lamar Jackson midfield and going 40. One man to beat. Touchdown! As soon as he shot through there, he was gone. But that rushing attack was balanced, I guess you could say, just not in a good way, by a fifth from bottom passing attack, ranked 28th in the NFL. Will that be a focus in the draft? Well, it better be. The Ravens leave Cincinnati with a heavy heart. And a season that has come to an end. Important to keep in mind that this is a team with only six draft picks in the 2023 draft. In the first round, they have the 22nd overall pick. They pick again in the third round, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth. So not a lot of draft capital to work with and yet quite a number of needs to address. But do not let doom and gloom storylines obscure the truth about the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are well coached and they are well run. It is a team that is decidedly more successful than the relatively dim star power on their roster would suggest that they should be. They take the ball away and they don't give the ball away. They're top 10 in both of those categories. They are also, I don't know what you would call it, they're a hard out no matter where, no matter when. And that is an unranked, unspoken category that carries a hell of a lot of weight for anyone who has to play them. Throws across the middle, what a catch, Bateman has it. 
Leg race, 50. Far side, 40. He's to the 30. Bateman, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raven! Now, TD, I have a fondness for this city. I'm a D.C. area kid and this team. You're a student of the game and a sometime historian. I want you to kind of channel your memory of playing against the Ravens. And first of all, tell me this. Who, if you could pick from all of the players on the playground, who gets first pick? Who was your favorite ever Ravens player? Ray Lewis, easily. Easy for you. Without a question, no hesitation, no thinking you about You both have paid your linebackers union dues, so I assume this is just, you know, takes one to know one. Just the formality, man, of being able to, to say it out of your mouth. Ray Lewis, without a doubt, was the guy that I looked up to tremendously. Loved the way that he played the game. Loved the fact that he was a three-down linebacker. Never had to lead the field. He was great at blitzing. He was great in coverage. And he would come downhill and set the tone for his defense. And that was one of the things as a player that I looked up to Ray Lewis so much for. Because not only was he a leader on the field by example, he was the vocal leader for that team, and that's who I became for the Carolina Panthers simply by watching what Ray Lewis was able to do, man. I, I learned a lot about playing this game from him, and then the matchups, the epic matchups that Ray Lewis and Eddie George used to have made football fun for me as a kid. Throws underneath, and it's picked off. Ray Lewis has the ball. Touchdown, Ray Lewis! All right! 50 yards! He was a mentor. He was uh, aspirational for you. You really looked up to him. Everything. You're the only player in NFL history to come back from three ACL surgeries. Are your knees strong enough to do the squirrel dance? Can you do, could you do <laughs> the Ray Lewis? Probably not, right? Listen, you probably I, can't get that listen, low. I've done that dance so much at home. <laughs> Nobody would ever, ever see me I knew it. it. I knew it. <laughs> Playing against Baltimore. There's something about that stadium. There's something about that city. There is an ominous, almost a fog, real or imagined, that kind of blankets that city a lot. It has a reputation of being a really tough place, but those of us who have spent time there know it's actually, it's really quite a lovely place. If you've never been to Baltimore's Inner Harbor, I don't mean to sound like a chamber of commerce here, but get your butts there. It's really worth it. But as a player on another team, going into Baltimore to face that team with that legacy of grit that we're going to be beat you up and then we're going to beat you particularly tough place to play absolutely absolutely and you know just thinking back in my day when I had the opportunity to go play there that was when they had those tough physical defensive guys up front that would set the tone for the entire football game you didn't want to go into Baltimore late in the season and play against Terrell Suggs and play against the Ray Lewis's and, and those big guys that they had up front because you knew what kind of day it was going to be for your offense. So defensively, you knew you had to bring it as well. And they had some tough, physical, hard-nosed guys on that side of the football. Marshall Yonder setting the tone. So, man, you, you knew that – when you played the Baltimore Ravens, you was in for a tough physical God, battle. I mean, just, just hearing you say that, Yonda, T-Sizzle, Ray Lewis, they had Calais, of course, in a later incarnation there. That was the definition of that team. We were going we to stop you first. We're going to keep you out of the end zone. Oh, and we happen to have, certainly recently, the greatest kicker to ever do it. It is good! They come back to beat the Bengals, and they do it on the right foot of Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker's all we need. We'll beat you 12-zip if we have to, but uh, we're going to keep you out of the end zone. Exactly. And then you got Ed Reed just roaming around in the backfield, oh. just snatching anything you put in the air. Special team, 
Last question for you, TD. Thank you so much for your time. I know it's hard for a Panther, and you repped rep a couple other teams, but we know you as a Carolina Panther. It's hard for anyone to sort of give love to other teams as competitive as you always were, and you label yourself the most competitive person you know. I've heard Without you say that more than once. But let's think positively about this Baltimore Ravens team, if we can, in spite of all of the drama surrounding the great eight at this point. Finish the sentence, TD. I wouldn't be surprised if the 2023 Baltimore Ravens did what? If the 2023 Baltimore Ravens got the Lamar situation ironed out, if they brought in a receiver in free agency through trade or by any other means of selecting a free agent veteran that was able to come in and help out right away, and they made a decision to draft a defensive end type body in the first round to solidify the guys that they've lost. Jason Pierre-Paul and losing Justin Houston are big losses for that defense. So if you bring in some tough, physical, hard-nosed guys that can get after the quarterback to help solidify that front, that will return this Baltimore team to the team that we've all grown to love over the last few years. I want to thank today's very special guest, Thomas Davis Sr. You're a lovely dude. You were a great player, but you are not a Ravens fan, so I have to direct you to the exit. Get out of here. I have to kick you out (laughs) and thank you for your time, but it's time to welcome in the Ravens fans to the NFL Hall of Fans. Fans like McEnroe Francis, one of the best names in the biz, one of the best dudes in the biz, his favorite player, Ed Reed, the aforementioned Ed Reed. You heard Thomas Davis Sr. talk about Ed Reed just a moment ago. Well, McEnroe Francis says that any time Ed Reed picked off the ball, you just felt like he was going to the house. Rose, and zone intercepted. Ed Reed's got it. Touchdown, Ed Reed. Covers the length of the field, and you better believe the hay's in the barn now. Plus, McEnroe says, if you came across the middle unchecked, you were going to get checked. (laughs) I love that. Favorite memory for McEnroe Francis, watching the Ravens play the Giants in college. Mac admits he was a 50-50 Ravens-Giants fan at the time. He was sitting in a house at the University of Maryland and the Giants' 97-yard kickoff return. All of the Giants fans around him were talking so much smack. On the very next kickoff, the Ravens answered with a house call of their own. The Giants never scored again. Every possession ended in a punt or an INT. It was the most dominant outing that Mack had ever seen. McEnroe continues and says he grew up a Washington fan, like me. Well, let's see, Mack, you had good sense at one point. It was the only game in town, he says, until his freshman year in high school when the Ravens came to town. They polled in the Baltimore Sun about the name and the colors. They threw the net to the fan base. He said he loved the Ravens' name. He had hoped for black and silver, but was quite happy with black and purple. And either way, he felt like the team was his right from the start. Ravens' perfect draft would be a legit wide receiver. He says, we keep missing the mark. I'd love another edge rusher, Max says, and a cornerback too. And this draft is stacked. Finally, McEnroe Francis wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens, wait for it, screw up the Lamar situation, draft Anthony Richardson, and start over from scratch. Fans like Matt 
Schumacher, a native of Frederick, Maryland, 30 minutes outside of Baltimore. Matt's favorite player, Lamar Jackson, the great eight, the other great eight for Matt Schumacher. He is a diehard Capitals fan. Matt and I cried together over our beers in joy when the Caps finally broke through and won that Stanley Cup. So obviously for him, there are two great eights in his life, Lamar Jackson and Alexander Ovechkin. Growing up, Matt Schumacher loved Michael Vick. And when they got Lamar Jackson, he said he felt like we had our own Michael Vick doing things that you would never, ever think you would see on a football field. The kind of guy who any given play, he could break it wide open and make a house call. And Matt points out that coming on the heels of the Joe Flacco era, he said no disrespect to Joe Flacco, but there was something bloodless and passionless about the way Joe Flacco went about his business. Matt said when Lamar came to town, he made us feel like he cared as much about the Ravens as we did. Very interesting to hear that and something that Eric DaCosta and Steve Bishotti need to remember. Matt Schumacher says that Lamar Jackson's skill set is one of one. And that can't be overstated either. His best memory as a Ravens fan, well, he said always beating the Steelers, of course, including a week one game. He remembers the week one game in 2011 in which the Seven Nation Army chant began. That's fantastic. I didn't realize that was the inception of that for the Ravens. Of course, he remembers 2012. He was at the game. Oh, you lucky man. He was at the game in New Orleans, the blackout game, the Harbaugh Bowl, the Super Bowl. And he watched with glee that goal line stand against the Niners, securing victory in that Super Bowl. Fourth and goal from the five. To the end zone. Incomplete. The defensive stand of monumental proportions. Matt Schumacher says it'll be the perfect draft for my Ravens if they trade with the Eagles or the Chiefs to the bottom of round one and yet still get the wide receiver they want or the defensive player they need. When asked the question, I wouldn't be surprised if your Ravens do what this year, he said, this is gonna sound familiar, screw it up with Lamar take a massive step back, miss the playoffs, and may, in the end, be forced to blow the whole thing up, he said. Now, Matt is quick to remind me that he has ceiling hopes that the Lamar situation will be sorted out, that they will make amends, that Lamar and the team will be happy and healthy. And if that is the case, he reminds me with a twinkle in his eye, you never know. This is a team that could win the AFC North. And if you give the Baltimore Ravens a home playoff game, you never know what could happen next. And fans like Ben Allen. Ben Allen, who with his wife, Amy, actually, let's say thanks to his wife, Amy, let's call it what it is, just welcomed their very first child to the world. Link, Kai, Allen, seven pounds, eight ounces, 18 inches in length, because, you know, baby combines count too. He was born March 19th, just the other day, 2023, at 7.05 p.m. after 42 hours of labor, Amy, Ben, we are so happy for you. Congratulations, Amy. We hope that your recovery goes well. We're so glad for you, and we can't wait to welcome 
link Kai Allen into our NFL family with open arms. Ben was nice enough, even in this short, sleep-deprived hours that he has, to offer up his thoughts on his Ravens. Ben says that his favorite Raven is a guy who was only there for a few years. But I think he did a lot for the organization as well as the character of the team. And that man was Anquan Bolden. He wasn't flashy and he wasn't that fast, but he made plays when it mattered most. Also, winning a Super Bowl will do a lot for my appreciation of a player, Ben Allen says. His favorite memory being a Ravens fan, easily winning the two Super Bowls in his lifetime. But as far as a single moment goes, he says, it has to be the Jacoby Jones 70-yard grab against the Broncos. He says, I cannot remember being as excited for a play as I was when Flacco uncorked that throw to the right side of the field. I think we all remember that. Far sideline, Jacoby Jones has it at the 20. Oh. Jacoby Jones, touchdown, oh. Ravens, and the miracle is answered. Becoming a Ravens fan, Ben says, wasn't that difficult when the other option was the Commanders. Oh, that wasn't nice. Ben, I think you wrote that just to get at me. Not nice. Ben's dad said, I would be much more set up for frustration as a football fan being a Washington fan. So he decided to go the way of the Ravens. Super Bowl 35 is also one of his first memories I have watching football, Ben says. Ray Lewis and Ed Reed definitely cemented it for him. Ben says it would be the perfect draft if the Ravens committed to going after, here it comes, a wide receiver. That is a common thread, a wide receiver. Give Lamar Jackson somebody to throw to. His draft stock is all over the board, but a receiver like Jackson Smith in Jigba would be a dream come true for Ben Allen. When asked the question, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens do what this season. Here's what he said. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens trade Lamar Jackson, make zero improvement at the quarterback position, win only three games this season, and secure the first overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft to select Caleb Williams. Okay, I'm reading this on the fly, so certainly a little bit of an uptick to Ben's rather dismal view of what could happen in 2023. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I want to thank again today's very special guest, Thomas Davis Sr. We unceremoniously kicked him out of the Hall of Fans, but it's only right because today belonged to Ravens fans. I want to thank those Ravens fans for sounding off and sharing with us their moments of triumph, their moments of tragedy. Small T in quotes, mini tragedy. It's sports, but tragic nonetheless when you take a bad loss. We want to, of course, once again congratulate Ben Allen and his wife Amy on their new son, their child. We can't wait to meet him. And I want to invite the listener to join us tomorrow, Tuesday, when our countdown to the draft turns its attention 
across the street to SoFi Stadium to one of the two tenants of SoFi Stadium, the LA Chargers, the Bolts. What were they in 2022? What will they be in 2023? What's the perfect draft for the LA Chargers? Will they keep Austin Eckler? Are they headed in the right direction? With a guy like Justin Herbert, you'd have to think yes. But is that actually true? Because we've been saying that for a little while now, Chargers fans. You know it. We know it. What does the future hold? Answers tomorrow. Plus, the commissioner himself, Roger Goodell, is on the spot and on the mic, coming to us from the annual league meeting in Arizona. Very curious to hear what Mr. Goodell has to say. That's tomorrow. And one little surprise guest for you. His name, Rolf Benershka. Look up the name Rolf Benershka. Many of you listening will know exactly who Rolf Benershka was. He was a kicker in this league for a long time. Played all of his career with the then San Diego Chargers. And when he retired, he was the third most accurate kicker in NFL history. What he did on the field was exemplary. What he is doing off the field is astonishing. It's something you all need to hear. That's tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.